Hi, I'm Misty Winkler, classical second generation homeschooling mom of five, and you are listening to episode 15 of the Simply Convivial audio blog. This is the Simply Convivial audio blog, short but meaty focus sessions to help you keep your head in the game as a homeschooling mom. Why Simply Convivial? Because education is an atmosphere, and that atmosphere should be convivial. Education is a discipline, which we should keep simple, straightforward, and clear. And education is a life, which is why home is the perfect place for it to happen. Personality and Learning Styles Those of us educating young children tend to use the vocabulary of learning styles, although current research seems to be showing that most of the learning styles rhetoric is bunk. Still, we do know that children are different. We know that there are different modes of and avenues for learning. There's value in reading, in hearing, and in doing. I believe that some of what people are describing when they speak about different learning styles can actually be tied back to personality. In fact, Isabel Briggs Myers has an entire chapter in her 1980 book, Gifts Differing, titled Learning Styles, as well as another chapter called Type and Early Learning. All quotes by her in this post are from this book. In the midst of the see and say fad, Myers includes in her book on personality a defense of phonics and why phonics instruction works for all types, but how see and say only works for a select few types. Hence, there are examples of it working that are valid, but it does not prove it's a valid method. N-types can spot patterns without even realizing it, but S-types need to know the rules before they can figure something out. ES-types, she says, are the students who struggle in early education and the ones who usually do not test well because testing relies on mental speed and trusting your gut, something that typically comes natural to IN-types but can be learned by other N-types and other I-types, but generally not by ES-types, who always want to double-check and be sure before marking an answer. She writes, In first grade, the IN pupils are likely to be the quickest to catch on to the symbols and often are delighted with them. But the extrovert children with sensing, the ES pupils, who make only minimal use of either intuition or introversion, may find the symbols so confusing that they become discouraged about the whole business of going to school. They may even decide, hopelessly or defiantly, that school is not for them. Myers makes it clear that this difference presents a serious problem to our methods. Quote, Confusion about symbols is a very serious matter. Children of any type are doomed to flounder in school if they do not learn the meanings of the symbols by which language is written and must be read. They will do badly on achievement tests and intelligent tests. They will probably be bored by what they do not understand and may well be humiliated because they do not understand it. Their failures may be blamed on low IQ or perhaps emotional difficulty, whereas the actual failures and the low IQ and the emotional difficulty could all result from one omission. Nobody helped them in the beginning to learn the explicit meaning of the sound symbols. I should note here that I know from personal experience that not all IN types learn to read early. I was a late bloomer and was eight before I could read. However, I did learn to read, and it was like a light bulb switched on, and I went from not reading to reading in an intuitive flash, and not with the slowly, gradually building ability, 
by which my own ES child is learning to read. My three N children, despite being boys, were all early, intuitive, eager readers. In her chapter on learning styles, Miles boils effective teaching and learning down to attention and communication. Hello, Charlotte Mason. I wasn't expecting to meet you in this book. These two essential components are affected by type. Type tells us what interests a person most, that is, what they naturally pay attention to, and how they best catch on to an idea through communication, both affected by their type of perception, whether intuitive, theories, patterns, thinking, or sensing, facts, seeing, and doing. She writes, Because words, the necessary medium of education, have to be translated from symbols into meaning by the listener's intuition, the translation is naturally easier for intuitives than for sensing types. Intuitives use their favorite kind of perception, but sensing types have to use their less liked, less developed kind of perception, which takes more time and effort, especially when words are abstract. This does not mean that S children are doomed, of course, but it means that if we have a child who seems slower on the uptake, it might not be because they're not as smart, but that they require more time. We tend to equate speed with intelligence, but that isn't a necessary correlation. Meyer's primary admonition to teachers is to simply be more patient and give children even five seconds thinking time before requiring an answer, and also to speak more slowly and deliberately. Slowing down, she argues, immensely helps sensing students and does not adversely affect intuitives either as they can use the extra time to make mental connections that come naturally to them. Everyone benefits from slowing down the pace of the lesson. Quote, Everything seems to be words, some of which may not be familiar enough to be meaningful, and the words go by so fast. Children are often caught in the same predicament as adults who are trying to converse with a foreigner in a foreigner's language. Unfamiliar words take extra time to translate, and when the words go by too fast, translation becomes impossible. Whether or not we have secured our students' attention, interest, and understanding is of utmost importance. We are wasting our breath and our time if we don't have those three things. In fact, we might even be doing harm if our goal is simply to move quickly through a lesson and beyond to the next one, without pausing and interacting to see if we have attention, interest, and understanding every step of the way. Quote, the children's ability to cope is at stake here. In the unfamiliar world of school, they deeply need to feel adequate, and the best way to feel adequate is to be adequate. If they genuinely do well in their required tasks by using their perception to understand the task and judgment to do it right, they strengthen both for future use. The satisfaction of knowing something new or being able to do something new will provide inner motivation to further effort and further development. Success builds upon success. This is why we must teach the student in front of us and not our ideal student or our own expectations or ourselves. It is the one, each one, that we are teaching that needs to be built up, and we can't do that if we are not paying attention to him as an individual, where he is in his ability and understanding in the moment. We can't help him move farther along the path unless we are helping him take the next step from where he currently is. Quote, 
However, if children constantly fail or feel they are failing, the resulting discouragement may inhibit future effort, unblock not only the required learning, but even more important, the development of perception and judgment. The habit of failure is extremely costly for the child. Required tasks should be simple and explicit, and they should make a definite contribution to the child's knowledge or skill. I think that Charlotte Mason's practical methods answer Meyer's observations perfectly. The words presented, whether spoken or read, are given in short chunks, allowing time to process the idea. The ideas do not fly by, but are handled singly and shortly. Breaks, alternating the kind of energy used, help especially the S children recover from the effort of paying attention to concepts rather than to concrete things, which they prefer. Science through nature study is taught by paying attention to things rather than by more and more abstract words. Narration ensures communication and allows the teacher insight into what is or is not capturing the child's attention and interest. If we know our child's type, we can better suit the lesson to capture their attention and interest. Intuitives want to know the principle, the why. Sensing students enjoy practical application, the what, the how. All lessons and subjects have all these parts, but we as teachers probably emphasize the part that appeals to our own type. We all need to use our senses and our intuition. Letting one grow to the exclusion of the other is not proper development either. One will likely always be stronger or preferred, but that doesn't mean that we can allow the other to be excluded. A full-orbed understanding arises from taking both angles, but we as teachers can be more effective when we draw our students into the lesson from the angle at which they are most likely to succeed. Even Myers herself makes this caveat, quote, A final word of warning may be in order. What is urged here is the use of interest as an aid to learning useful things, but never the acceptance of a lack of interest as an excuse for not learning things that need to be learned. She even has a practical suggestion, quote, When students are not interested in something that they must learn, they have two options. One is sheer application, which is not as prestigious as aptitude or as stimulating as interest, but it gets the job done. Application is most often used by J-types, who run their outer lives with their judgment, what should be, rather than what is, rather than by their perceptions. She continues with this charming story. The other option was recommended to me at the age of four in a conversation I remember word for word. Mother, what can I do? Your closet needs to be straightened up. But I'm not interested in my closet. Well, get interested. That, in a nutshell, is the solution for students who find that application is the problem. There are a number of ways to get interested in an assignment once the student takes a good look at it. Knowing type and how that affects learning style does not give excuses. It shows a way out of predicaments that are common to each type if we take the time and energy to hold our children accountable for their work. Now it's time for this season's Simple Sanity Saver, The Perks of Personality. There is no one ideal personality type. Every type serves a role that supports the others. It is only together in community, a family, a society, made up of multiple types, that we can have a full perspective and be in tune with what is happening and what needs to happen. None of us are complete and whole in and of ourselves. We are each finite, limited, 
We need each other to function in a more complete and whole way. When Isabel Myers wrote her book, she called it Gifts Differing, referring to where God reminds us that we all serve different functions and it is only together that we make a complete body. Some are feet, some are eyes, and if we're missing a type, we will be handicapped. Rather than seeing our personality types as competing types or alien types, we need to see them as completing types, needed types to balance our own selves. Without the thinking, where would be the principles? But without the feeling, where would be the connection and relationship that makes us human? Without the sensing, we would be blind, and without the intuition, we would be shallow. A single person can rarely gain proficiency in all eight functions, much less all 16. Experts argue about whether one should even try, but we can knit ourselves together in community, even within our own families with different types in order to better understand and function within our own roles. For season three, your Simple Sanity Saver free download is a one-page chart to help you find your cognitive functions and understand what that means. Make sure to grab it at simplyconvivial.com slash audio. Thank you for listening to the Simply Convivial audio blog. If you enjoyed this show, please leave a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher. You can also hit the share button on the show notes to share this episode with your Facebook friends. At simplyconvivial.com slash audio, you can find all the episodes, the free personality cheat sheet, and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. See you then. Remember, education is repentance. Repent, rejoice, repeat.